the beginning of mentorship really has to do with the transfer of wisdom. Okay. The transfer of wisdom, because, and if I could, just because words are meaningful and we need to do a little glossary for a moment, knowledge is the ability to know what to do. Okay. Wisdom is the ability to know what to do and whether or not to do it. And if we are to do it, when we're to do it and when we're not to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn and grow in your faith. It is a journey that you must take on your own, that you have to do yourself, but we can come alongside you to challenge you, encourage you, and uh, tell some jokes and have some great discussions along the way. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host, and we cannot do the Salty Pastor Podcast without a Salty Pastor. And this week, we have Mr. Harvey Friesen (laughs) on the desk with us. Welcome, Pastor Harvey. Yeah, good to be back. Uh, I got to do one a week ago as well, or a couple weeks ago, and excited to do this one this week. You got Doug last week, and then me this week. We just rotate in and out. I love it. Well, exactly. A1, A2. Yes, absolutely. Now, we are in our series at the movies. Um, We're taking these worldly things that are movies that people love to talk about and trying to take some of the principles that they communicate and really tie them back to biblical principles that have been around for generations upon generations. They're probably the inspiration, whether people, especially Hollywood writers want to admit it or not, they're probably the inspiration for a lot of these ideas that come up. So what movie are we covering this week and what are we going to be talking about? Yeah, so we're going to be doing The Patriot in that we have the story of a father who or a husband, father who has uh, moved to South Carolina. He's this is in the Revolutionary War time period, and he and his sons are there tilling the ground, just trying to live a life, make a living on the ground, you know, with their crops, their animals, etc. And along comes these tariffs, along comes this whole set of things that try to do away with their entire way of life. And really what happens, I mean, this, you know, I did this a few weeks ago when we did Braveheart, Mel Gibson. You have a thing for Mel Gibson, do you? Well, I mean, he, you know, he's addressing these big themes, right? Yes. And the big theme that he addressed there was freedom. Uh, and I think that the big theme that's in the Patriot movie, there's lots of themes. Of course, freedom is again at the heart of it. But what we see in this film is him mentoring his sons as they are growing up as well in the cause of freedom. So mm. today we're going to talk about mentoring a little bit. And, and of course, this weekend we're going to be preaching on mentoring. And we're going to look into Exodus chapter 18. Uh, If any of you out there, you do consulting for a living. The first consultant that uh, I think uh, recorded, or at least uh, well-established, where we at least see his his plan, is when Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, meets up with him and uh, brings his wife and children back to him. And because Moses has been working so hard that he doesn't even have time for his own family and his Mm. family have been shipped off to their family. And so Jethro shows up and says, hey, let's hear what's going on. And so we're going to see mentoring from the Bible and how Jethro lays out for him a model of mentoring. Okay, so we're we're heading back to the Old Testament and and we're looking at kind of what you're saying is the first consultant basically or or the first advisor to yep. Moses who's considered, you know, the you know, he's he's a big leader of you Absolutely. know, Israel, he takes them through the desert for 40 years. I mean, or yep. you know, until he passes away. But um 
So three three characteristics of his life. There's three uh, 40-year segments. The first 40 years, he's in the house of Pharaoh. He's living well. He's being treated well. Of course, we know the story. He was orphaned, if you will. His parents, uh, again, we have Passover in the Jewish uh, faith. And what that Passover is, is that the death angel came and was coming after the firstborn sons. Well, they didn't. They were worried for the well-being of their son. So this Jewish family gives him up. Uh, the daughter of Pharaoh finds him, adopts him in as her own. Uh, and so then he grows up for 40 years in the palace, plus or minus, of course. I mean, we're just talking generalities, but the notion is first 40 years. Uh, then he leaves that place because he actually loses his position there. He becomes, um, he, he actually kills a man. Right. And in that process, uh, he's banished. And so he goes out into the desert. And so he's into the desert. And the next 40 years of his life is where he's kicking rocks and pushing sheep uh, through the desert. Uh, and he marries Jethro's daughter, Zipporah. And so they have a couple of sons. Uh, we pick up that story that goes forward to there. And then, of course, the famous story of the Bible is where the Jews who have been in slavery for hundreds of years at the, at the hand of Pharaoh... Uh, Moses goes back and says those famous words, let my people go. Mm. And so now with the story we're catching up with, uh, the people have been let go, but they're still now wandering in their wilderness. So it's interesting how God in mentoring our lives usually takes us back to mentor people in a resemblance of where we were before. He had his own personal desert and now he's leading the people of God through the desert, right? right? So so you see that and, and what you see going on here is you have Jeff Jethro, the father-in-law, who is a priest, by the way, uh, and he comes to him and shows up with, uh, and meets him there in this part of the story, and you start to see some really interesting mentoring principles. So, I mean, I thought a really interesting point you just brought up was something that Moses had already gone through, going out and kicking rocks and being in the wilderness, then set him up to be able to take the people out into the wilderness. Right, right. And I think that's an important principle of finding a mentor, and I'm sure you're going to speak on this with Jethro, is someone who's been through that before is the person you kind of need to look to. You don't want someone to come alongside you that's never gone through anything like what oh, yeah. they're supposed to be mentoring you through, right? Yeah, no, 100%. And I mean, you're right on to the story. I mean, you're setting it up is that Jethro himself, let's, re let's be mindful of something. He's a priest, but he was a priest in the desert. Mm. So when he meets up, when Moses comes into the desert, he meets up with this family and he marries the daughter Zipporah, the priest who's going to be the top mentor to Moses, who's going to then mentor his people. Okay. So in that mentorship, what's going on is the priest actually made his life out in the desert. He meets Moses in the desert. We gather that he has already had a mentoring, guiding, leading relationship with his son-in-law in the desert. And then God calls him him back to the lush land of Pharaoh to bring out the people. And then when he meets Moses in the desert, he comes alongside of him and he does something very, very important, which is an extremely important part of mentorship. And that is he comes in, we, I'm getting a little into the story, but, but he comes in and he makes a constructive observation, which learns into a constructive criticism. And mentoring is one of those powerful places in the world where you have people so close in your life that they can speak with honesty and they can speak with love and honesty, but they can speak in a way that you welcome their honest critique 
And more importantly, what you welcome them with is, hey, help me know how to go from here. Because see, a lot of times we get locked up on mentorship because we're all worried about being criticized or, wow, this is just going to be, you know, systematic criti- criti- uh, criticism on my life or systematic accountability in my life. And yes, those are parts of mentorship, but they are what fuel us, sharpen us, strengthen us, enliven us, if you will, to face the life that we have in and of ourselves. And that that, that is a special, beautiful, secret thing. And the Bible is chock full of this. Well, and I think, you know, and you're probably going to go into this a little bit more, but I think that criticism is something that a lot of people, at least today, don't handle well. They want a mentor that just says, everything's going to be good and you're doing so great. They want those self-help books that are just like, you're so awesome. And, and as we're going to talk, mentors, if they're doing their job right, need to come in and kind of do an evaluation and be like, hey, you are doing good in these things, but you're not doing so hot over here. And that's where you need to improve. And at least my generation, we don't like to hear those things when we're getting mentored. And I think that's why there's been such a drastic decline in, in this biblical principle well, of mentorship, right? You're right. Well, look, and no one likes to be criticized. So, so I, 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 going back to what I said a moment ago is the first thing that happens is Jethro makes two observations. The first observation is you're so busy, your wife and children have to come live with me because you don't have time to do all of that. So if you think about it for a moment, this mentoring process between Jethro and Moses starts out with a notion of Jeth, uh, Moses asks him for a favor. I'm not fulfilling my my full responsibilities as a father. Could my wife and children come to you? And what is he saying? You have a voice in our lives and I welcome it in. So and I trust you and Yeah, that's right. So there's a very important part of that and that is I think that criticism is only as valuable or I me put it another way. Criticism is in the best criticism which is constructive is in direct proportion to the level of maturity and the level of intimacy or level of relationship we have with that person. Mm. Because if, because see, one of the things going on, you talking about your generation is one of the things that our world has decided is we're going to mentor you without knowing you. That's the first breakdown of it all, because that's who takes criticism from someone else that doesn't really know them. In fact, we use that line. Think of those common lines. You don't even know me or you're not my dad right. or you're not who you're not my boss. So, so we live in a world that just throws criticism around, mm. but there's no intimacy or no relationship to actually substantiate the, uh, and create a healthy thing. And, and on top of that, criticism is not just to be criticized. It's actually observational to say, let's go on to something better. I'll give you a simple illustration of this. So you drove a car here today, right? I, I assume, right? Yes. I drove a car here as well. Didn't hike it over. And in driving a car over here today, it's interesting. We have what? A dashboard in our car. Mm-hmm. And on that dashboard, we have several things that are analog, which tell us uh, perhaps what our oil pressure is, what the temperature of our motor is, all those kinds of things. Uh, and then we have a series of lights that flash if something's going wrong. If you really, really think about it, that, that whole dashboard is a criticism. Mm. it's telling you the true condition of what's going on in your vehicle. It's telling you how fast you're going. If you're over the limit, under the limit, it's telling you if you're, if you're revving up the engine too hard or doing it too, because why it's saying we're going to get you there. We want to get you there safely, but to get there safely, you need to be aware of these things. Mm. See how that becomes a beautiful picture of what a mentorship is. Uh, There's another thing that goes along with a car illustration. I think is very important. And that is when we all drove down the road today, 
we have blind spots. Mm-hmm. There are blind spots. Now, we have car things that are really cool that are sensors on the side that say, I don't know if you've got them on your car. I don't on mine, but okay. they're they're yeah. becoming more standard on almost oh, all the new yeah, vehicles. Yeah, so, so we have a car, one of them that has something that bleaks, uh, blinks uh, a little alerts yellow light. You, yeah, yeah alerts me. There's a yellow light that says, someone's beside you. You can't see them. They're in your blind spot. One of the most beautiful things of mentorship is when they're riding along in the car with you, they can see 360 degrees around things that you have no idea that are going mm-hmm. on. And, and, and in a car environment, not talking about backseat driving, not talking about that, <laughs> but in a car environment, we welcome what the dashboard tells us. Now think this out for a second too. If we don't pay attention to that dashboard, we burn up the motor, we blow out bearings, we run mess up gas. the car, we run out of gas, we drive too fast, we get into danger. That whole dashboard, if you, it, to be silly with a word, is a mentor. Mm. It's mentoring you and telling you true conditions, what's going on, how you're going. And if, and you know, a lot of cars today have those uh, uh, compass. It also actually guides it's your path. Direction. Yeah, GPS we, is built into a lot of them, yeah. Think about that. We welcome that as a what technological advance in our culture. Jethro went to Moses as a dashboard and said, "Hey, good to see you, man. It's nice catching up with you." Oh wow, uh, you're, you're over revving a little bit, yeah, buddy, and you you're running the, out of gas. Yeah, you run out of gas. <laughs> he did. That's exactly what he said. Good, good catch on there. Yeah, well said, Jesse. So we we basically come to this point in the story where he's led the people out and Jethro meets up with him, right? And he's basically coming to do, I mean, a terminology that's going around now, he's going to do a life audit on Moses, for better or for worse, right? That's a phrase that yeah. gets thrown around a lot in our culture now. But he's basically going to look at Moses and he's going to give him a readout like a dashboard and say, right. hey, here are the things that I see that you need to probably work on and and improve on what does that look like or what does he specifically pull out in that okay so i want to what you said is very important and i want to make an important component of mentorship is that mentorship is something that when done on a normative basis is actually something that that is is uh, akin to a tune-up in our car and in our Mm -hmm. life you talked about a life audit here's what i think is interesting life audits have become an extremely uh well-known idea but 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 truth of it is a lot of times you could do simple tune-ups preventative maintenance rather than complete overhaul don't scare me and don't get me talking about (laughs) oh wait a minute i'm getting trouble my family watches the podcast yes the whole notion (laughs) is that we do preventative things guys one of the greatest gifts of the biblical faith we have is god is a preventative god he's saying i'll help you prepare for what's coming next and i will one of the most important things i'll put my holy spirit to guide you in your life that's a preventative gift i'll give you the word of god that'll be a preventative gift i'll give you a other people in the body of Christ who can be a part of all that. But there's a really important part of mentorship. And the the gentleman that's mentored me now for 32, 33 years, his name is Jerry Schlater, and he's a wonderful man of God, has been a a dear, deep friend and leader and a person with a voice in my life. Uh, We have a wonderful relationship. Do we have an address we can send him a thank you note to? No, sure. Or, or hey, hey, could you hey, work on these work three on, things? I've got some. I've got some tune-up. Yeah, you need to I'm do wondering if you're going to send him a gift or if you're going to send him a list. So get honest with me here. It's honest hour here on the salty pastor. Well, look at look at us getting salty. So I, yeah, but 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 you say something is very important, and that is the Apostle Paul made this made this wonderful comment about the churches. He said, "I had you first in my heart." 
Mm. Mentorship starts out with not do I want to critique, not what do I want to critique in someone. It's what do I want to see good happen in your life? And this is, look, if you're serving in any form of leadership, whether it's in, in the marketplace, if you're working at BSU, if you're working in uh, in, in uh, state government, if you're working in an agency, if you're working in a church, if you run your own company, whatever it is, one of the things that we notice about leadership, it is an intensely lonely proposition. It's so yeah. hard because what? You are critiquing yourself all along. And there are times when we're actually even way too hard on ourselves and a mentor will come along and say, hey, hey, lighten it up right? Maybe, maybe slow down a little bit. You're already on target to make it to Portland or wherever you're going on time. You don't have to push it this hard. There are time, we really need to hear those things. So, so, so going into the heart of mentorship for, for just a moment, I, 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 think, I think there's, a, there's some very important things that, that we have to understand about that. Um, and, and one of them is, is this, is that the beginning of mentorship really has to do with the transfer of wisdom, Okay, the transfer of wisdom, because and if I could, just because words are meaningful and we need to do a little glossary for a moment. Knowledge is the ability to know what to do. Okay, wisdom is the ability to know what to do and whether or not to do it. And if we are to do it, when we're to do it and when we're not to do it. So it's this beautiful thing about having it there in the right place at the very right time. Uh, Peter Drucker was a big part of my grad school work on leadership. And one of the things, you know, he's famous for Drucker's dictum and Drucker's dictum was it's more important to be doing the right things than to be doing things right. Mm. If you think that out for a second, it's more important to be doing the right things than just be doing things right. Doing things right is efficiency. Doing the right things is effectiveness. Mm. One of the most important things that we're trying to accomplish in our world is to be effective. Well, mentorship has the notion of the impartation of wisdom from one to another. And that wisdom is one of those beautiful things that can happen. So we come along, think about it like this, is that you've got Moses. He's overseeing all the people of Israel. He made a declarative statement. He had, Moses run a startup. Right. Here's a yeah. startup. We're going to go be a nation. A very large startup. A very large startup. <laughs> and just like any other startup, you guys, guys and gals out there that have done startups, you know this, right? It was a two week journey from Egypt to Israel. They took 40 years. <laughs> right. So if your startup is still in year 36, take heart. The you people of God, yeah, the people of God took four more years. And just like a startup, the leader dies at the end before they actually get to where they're going to go. So anyway, that one's on the house. But this, this he's leading a startup. And what does he have to do in a startup? Number one, he has to make a bold declarative statement. He goes to Pharaoh and he basically said, now basically he says, let the people go. And then they're taking off and letting the people go. The people are so tired of what, where they're in that they move forward and they get to the Red Sea. And all of a sudden they see Pharaoh's army chasing them. They're like, what have you led us to do? We're going to now die out here in the wilderness. And Moses has to do a declarative thing, which is in the text. And that is he actually has to stick his staff in the water as an act of faith that the water would part. He didn't know what was to be done, but God called on him to stick his staff in the water. And he did. And the water parted. Right. And here's a powerful thing. That was an act of faith mm. to do that. He was he was in direct connection with God. So now we move it forward. They've crossed over the Pharaoh's army. They're washed away and they're moving into that land. And now he goes from a startup phase where there's all the excitement and cash and doing and whatever to uh, now we run this. Now, now I got to run this. <laughs> 
right? And we got to make it a go. And so he's running it now. And in that process, he thinks what? Like every startup leader does. Like every time any of you who are leaders out there, you realize I've got to do it all myself. Well, he, his father-in-law comes along and says, kid, you're a driver. Well, he's not a kid, right? He's, he's 80. Mm-hmm. He's already in his 80s. Remember, they lived a little bit longer, right? But he comes along too and he says, hey, uh, you're not doing this right. You're not running this well. And you know what? Praise God for people who can see the world in different ways than we can to help us to move on to the next level. So we move it forward in the story. And in fact, I might just read a little bit of that story with us here. Um, just starting it out in, 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 uh, in, in verse 1 of Exodus 18, it says, Moses' father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, heard about everything God had done for Moses and his people, the Israelites. He heard especially how the Lord had rescued them from Egypt. His father-in-law hears about the great success that Moses has had, and I think a big part of it, he's coming to celebrate it. One of the great roles of a mentor, they know how to celebrate things that you have done in your milestones along the way that you're doing. If it's a milestone in marriage, if it's a milestone in career, if it's a milestone in your in raising children, if it's a milestone uh, in your health, if it's a milestone in something you've been working extra hard to try to accomplish on the side, those are wonderful places. One of the other things is, is that mentors know how to celebrate with you, right? Mm. I think he was coming to celebrate with him. Uh, so he comes on and we get the bit of the story where he has met with Zipporah. We get to verse nine. It says, Jethro was delighted when he heard all the good things the Lord had done for Israel and he rescued them from the hand of the Egyptians. The first thing that happens when they have the encounter, Moses says, here's all the great things going on. Uh, one of the parts of leadership is we focus on all the positives and he's focused on all the positives and he tells him about all the positive and he says, and Jethro says this, praise the Lord for he has rescued you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh. Yes, he's rescued Israel from the powerful hand of Egypt. I know now that the Lord is greater than all other gods. One of the most beautiful things is let's go back to what Jethro does in the life of a mentor just like with the mentee, the mentor is blessed by how others succeed that we've been a small slice of helping them to get Mm. better. Jethro shows the heart of a mentor. So one of the things that we have sometimes as a fear about having a mentor in our lives is we're afraid they're just going to critique us. Actually, no, no, they're there to celebrate with us. And so his father-in-law celebrate with him and talks about all the great things that God is doing in the man's life. So there's a beautiful celebration of what's going on. And then it says on the next day, verse 13, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. Um, sorry, I, I should, verse 12. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrificed to God. Aaron and all the elders of Israel came out and they joined him in a sacrificial meal. They celebrated all they got to done. And, they, and, and notice this, biblical mentors, they invite God to get the glory for the right. good things that have been done. See, God will share everything but he doesn't share his glory because that is the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord matters to God. So they, they glorify God. Then it says the next day, verse 13, Moses goes out to work. He sat down to hear all the people's disputes. They waited before him from the morning till the evening. In other words, all day long, all that Moses heard was the complaints. Anybody who's done a startup. He was Judge Judy for the entire nation of Israel. (laughs) Yeah, you think that job was great. He's sitting there, Judge Judy, going, oh, gosh, I've heard this one before. All right, wait, could you just stop? Uh, Look, we're going to do this. I've heard this story before. Let me guess. This guy stepped on the edge of your tent. It ripped a hole in it. Now you get sand in it. You don't like it. Here's what we're going to do, right? Right. He's hearing this stuff all day long, right? So Jethro... So then Jethro asks him a question. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone? And this is the key word. 
Why are you trying to do this all alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? One of the most beautiful things that mentors do for us is they make us realize we're not on our own. Mm. We're not on our own. And Moses, remember with this Israel startup, right? Doing all these kinds of things. He thinks I'm, I'm on my own. What a mentor does, Jerry Slater in my life has been there in big moments and hard moments, celebratory moments, sad moments, all those kinds of things is, you know what? He's not, I've not been alone. And that is a blessing in my life. That really mattered in my life. And I think that matters a lot in men's lives is that we're not alone. I think men to men mentoring, women to women mentoring, Titus woman mentoring, uh, Paul Barnabas and Timothy mentoring are very important things in our lives for no other reason. We, we, we know we're not alone. One of the, one of the things coming out of the pandemic is we as a nation, we as a world have become more and more and more alone. Uh, and what I would say is we're going to talk about that, that God didn't mean for us to be alone and he created mentors to guide us in our lives. So sorry, I've kind of gone on a while. What, what have you thought about? What are some thoughts? No, I think questions? it's, I mean, some of the biggest moments in my life and something that I've been constantly working on since I started here at Foothills under the mentorship of you and Pastor Doug is this idea of not doing it all on my own. That's been my life up until this point. Almost every business I've been a part of, it's always, Jesse, you're responsible to get all of this done you can kind of rally the troops, but ultimately it's on you. And it's like, you guys are constantly reminding me, this is a marathon. Ministry is not a sprint like you've all your other jobs where it's like, you just got to get to the next show. Right. We make church happen every Sunday. Church happens every Sunday. And we want you to be here for a long time and not get burnt out. Yep. And the best way to do that is to not let your interns sit there while you do all of these things or did not let did we other, say that maybe doug said that doug, doug probably said that <laughs> i'm but, kidding i'm you kidding know, i think like the interns are listening like, we're, we're a team as a staff it's like if you need help moving boxes you don't need to move the boxes you go fix the sound we system work together because we don't know how to do that thing you go do the thing you can do best let us do the thing that we can help with and that's something i'm mm. constantly getting told so i relate to moses very yeah. well in this can moment. i get, can i give you an interesting thing and you watch the tech world and as it's developed and a lot of our people are involved in tech a lot of people are involved in business things and medical things and teaching things, all that kind of stuff, is if you notice that first wave tech was driven by a lot of solo entrepreneurs, right? You mm -hmm. had Bill Gates out there, solo entrepreneur. You had people that were soloing ideas. Steve Jobs looked like a solo entrepreneur. But if you notice very closely, they always had a Barnabas. They had, a, they had somebody coming along with them. But you saw, everybody knows Bill Gates to be the founder of Microsoft. What you've noticed in second wave technology is, and I would say Zuckerberg was first wave technology as well, but what you've noticed in second wave entrepreneurial is that there are lots of co-founders. Mm -hmm. What they realized was we need to, we, we can have a founding idea, but you have a lot of two-person teams, a lot of women and women, men and women, men and men, teams that have co-founded things together, because why? It is such a lonely thing to do, and we need someone else to go along and make it work in life. One of the most powerful things of, of Doug and I's fr friendship over the many years that we've had is, is that he mentored and guided me into becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. Last weekend, Zach will be, have talked about here, is Matthew 28, uh, 20, uh, 28, 18 to 20, is you have this beautiful notion of the Great Commission, and it is a mentoring model. Go and make disciples. Go and mentor people. By the way, biblical discipleship, and we're going to talk about that when we get to the weekend, is biblical discipleship is the basis of mentorship, but it's very important to understand that it is a player-coach environment. There, we are, we are 
I am a player coach. I'm running around with my sneakers on, but I'm also have a clipboard because I'm still growing in my walk and I'm walking in my faith. There's that little trifecta everybody talks about, and that is in everybody's life, we ought to have a, a Paul, a mentoring person leading our lives. This is off the New Testament model. So a Paul, in a woman environment, it could be a Deborah or a Dorcas or somebody who was guiding and leading. Then you want to have a Barnabas, and that's someone who's a near friend with you that's an encourager that understands where you're at, where you're going, how you're doing it, someone you're doing life with. Uh, and then there's another one, and that is a Timothy, someone you're bringing along uh, who is learning and growing with you. So you're imparting wisdom in a multi-generational scenario. That happens in families. That happens in church staffs. That happens in business staffs. Um, and these there's a powerful thing that happens. It actually moves not only the person forward, but it moves society forward. Mm -hmm. I, I do love, I uh, travel a lot to Africa. And one of the things I like about Africa, uh, one, one of the things is that they've got proverbs and sayings and things. And there's an African saying that's been used a lot. Um, but I, I, I'm reminded of it here. And that is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm. And I think that's a mentoring view and idea and one of the things that we celebrate in our culture is independence. But one of the things that we want to, and we just celebrated, you know, this last week, the week of independence. But what we also should understand is, is that mentorship is interdependence. I am dependent upon God with someone else. And it is a life-giving, sharpening relationship. Well, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about as far as we kind of got through um, Jethro, um, you know, celebrating these great things that, that Moses was doing. Obviously a lot of people know the rest of the story where he basically goes, Hey, you're not doing these things. Well, I think you could thrive better if you kind of divide up the work. You know, he basically says you shouldn't be sitting here listening to all their complaints. Let's divide everything up into multiple groups. And that's how our military even created its thing is that that exact oh. model that Jethro throws out. He's like, you should separate out and have you know, these people report to you yep. and then those people have people that report to them. Tens, fifties, hundreds. Yeah, that's exactly how our military has organized itself. Is there anything else you wanted to throw in on this idea of mentorship on the last few minutes that we have? Yeah, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I'm doing my own personal side study on a book called The Practicing Stoic. And so this book, Practicing Stoic, is a solid work. But one of the, one of the things that they talk about in that process is but a lot of times we have been, we've allowed ourselves to believe that we are reacting to events around us. And that's kind of like, I don't know, that's what happened. And that's why I'm here. Mm. What the stoic uh, would say is, is this event happened? How I respond to it is up to me. My choice is my choice. And how I respond to life is so important because it actually ends up being a lot of how I go forward in life. What mentors have been in my life is, is that they've helped me to know how to respond to, to, a lot of times the hard situations uh, so that I wouldn't get stuck or stopped or falter in a way that took me down. One of the things we talk about a lot on, uh, you know, in, in, in the church and on staff is, is we might have something that failed, but it doesn't mean you are a failure without mentors in our lives. One of the things that we tend to do is we tend to absorb our failures and, and create a fail, a failure narrative in our own life. What a mentor does is come along and says, hey, isn't failure a part of the path of getting to the place where you're going to succeed? Mm. I mean, failure is simply an opportunity to start over with better, uh, with better information. Well, that, that, that actually does matter because we all fail and we all have places where things don't go out the way that we want them to. But what I found is, is that a mentor helps me to step up, to pick myself up 
and then to keep moving. So I, I we're going to talk about that this weekend. Meth, uh, uh, Jethro and Moses are a great illustration. We're going to dive into it more in the Sunday sermon. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Pastor Harv. We're really excited to hear about um, everything else you want to talk about on Sunday. It's going to be a great sermon on mentorship. And we hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts and you join us on Thursday for, um, I think Pastor Doug's doing that one with me. Um, and it's going to be great. And we just love the amount of um, information that we can absorb from pastors like you and Pastor Doug, because I know that it expands my cup and fills my cup and makes me think about the world differently. So hopefully you guys are getting the same thing out of it, but we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor.